This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. What is the world like today for the people who are frequently shocked, challenged and been at the forefront of changes that many see as outrageous? Are the rainbow people still changing their world for the better? I'm Malcolm Angus. Welcome to Outrageous, the program that investigates, supports and advocates for the rainbow people of New Zealand. Good day, listeners, once again to Outrageous on 105.4 FM. OAR, Otago Access Radio. Last week I had as my guest Amy, who is currently employed by male survivors of abuse. And Amy spent most of the program talking about a journalistic investigation she carried out. She was working uh, for a newspaper and decided that she wanted to focus on a particular issue, which was abuse of children within the Jehovah's Witness sect. Is it a sect? I'm sorry, I'm not quite sure if that's the right um, word to use. It's not a sect, is it? Well, some people. It's pretty. It's pretty closed off. It's pretty isolated. Right. I don't know what. Perhaps the exact... sect is the wrong word, but within the Jehovah's Witness <laughs> yeah. religion, and Amy talked about the work she'd done, how difficult it was, how shocking it was, and the fact that when her work was eventually published and her documentary film was also released. Um, that there was some difficulty in terms of legal threats as well, which eventually went away. What I want to talk about with Amy, who is so welcome back with me today in the studio, is where does she go from here? Now, I said at the beginning of the last program that Amy is not part of the um, rainbow community. That's not why I asked her. In, I asked her to come and talk about the amazing work she's doing for male survivors of abuse. And abuse of, of people, and not just the survivors, has been the theme now for a little while on this program because I'm particularly concerned about people who died from the wounds of their abuse and who were never recognised by any of the institutions. And I was able to announce that the Anglican church in Dunedin is to hold a memorial service for those who died from the wounds of abuse. And that is, I think, um, an astonishing event that people, if they are concerned about this, should ring up and say, what's happening? Can I be part of it? So welcome back, Amy, to Outrageous. I'm so pleased to have you here. I know we worried a little bit about what you were talking about. Mm. But um, I want to move away now from your particular project that that landed you in the Office of Male Survivors of Abuse in Dunedin and what it is that you're now doing helping Michael Chamberlain, who is the manager there. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm there as office manager um, and Michael is the peer support manager. Um yeah, so we um, we help any male survivor of abuse. So originally, 
um, when I started with Michael, it was actually over a year ago, um, and then I went off on a different career path because I just was like, I want to make documentaries. But then I've ended up back with Michael again. And so when I first started, we were just helping um, male survivors of sexual abuse. But then so, um, when I've come back to work with Michael, it's expanded and we're helping like mainly men, men who have suffered sexual abuse, but we found that there's also a lot of other abuse that goes along with sexual abuse as well. Psychological, physical, yep. all those emotional. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. What is the age group that you support? Um, it is predominantly older men, I would say. Um, Why is that? I don't. Um, I don't know. Maybe because I don't know if it's. Actually, you know, I do know why. Because it takes men a, a very long time to come out about abuse. So I think, I can't remember the statistic, but I think it was something like 35 years before men actually come out and talk about it. So we do have a few, a few younger guys mm-hmm. um, in their 20s. Um, mm-hmm. But predominantly, I'd say 40 plus is, is the age group of men because it just takes them that much longer to come out and talk. And sadly, that amount of time has passed in which they have struggled mm-hmm. with the effects of the abuse and maybe not achieved their capacity, achieved their dreams, mm-hmm. achieved what they thought they could as a young man. And perhaps if they'd come earlier, their lives would have been improved earlier. I'm not say, saying yeah. for certain that the service improves people's lives. Yeah. I believe it does. I hope, you know, that's what we want. We yes. want to see people thrive and flourish mm. and do well. Um, yeah, but, yeah, so we want to, we do want to try and get those younger men as well. Tell me about the process of becoming a client of male survivors of abuse. How many doorways are there into the service? Um, I think there's many and there's more and more opening. Um, So you can self-refer or you can be received. And that means you phone up? You can phone up or you can... Go on the internet? Yep, and we're on Facebook. Walk in? Walk in, yep. Yep. Where are you? We're at 166 um, King Edward Street in South Dunedin from 9 till 5 we're open. So either myself um, or Michael or there's a new guy, Simon, and Carlos the dog will be there to greet you. Um, yeah, and and really any any age is welcome. You know, younger men, I don't know, I think that they also find it extremely difficult to engage with our services and that's why I was like it's really important that we get on social media and, and get on Facebook to make it a bit easier for to try and reach those younger men so we can catch them before they are, you know, late 40s, 50s, mm. 60s, so mm. we can help them. Mm. And what help do you provide? Um, so all sorts, really, like mainly um, peer support. So Explain that. How does that so Michael, roll out? What happens? Um, so Michael will meet with someone, and I don't know what goes on in his mysterious <laughs> meetings, <laughs> um, but um, he will just pretty much work out what a what a man needs. I was gonna say client, but not a client. What what a man needs, um, you know, on his healing journey. What you know, whether he needs counselling or being um supported to doctor's appointments or ACC or um we're doing lots of well, Michael's doing lots of Royal Commission um 
That is, Sunny somebody people, people presenting to the Royal Commission need some support. Yes, absolutely, because it's quite do. overwhelming, yes. the, um, the information that's there. And mm. so Michael's been through that process so he can can help people. Mm. Um, so that is coming back to sexual abuse. Yes, specifically sexual yes. abuse, yeah. Right. yeah. So, so Michael is there and you are there, but Michael predominantly, if somebody in that age group wants to at last speak out about their their experience, they have Michael they can go to and mm-hmm. simply start talking. Yes. There is no beginning point and end point to this conversation, is, is there? There is no, no particular way that you have to begin it except to say perhaps I need some help or I was abused. Yep. Um, and Michael will then, if the person wants to appear before the Royal Commission, mm-hmm. What will he do? Um, so he will help a client. He'll connect them. Firstly, he'll give them the form and get them to to sign up. Um, and then I think he will support them because they have all sorts of meetings, like some are in person. Um, so he'll support them in whatever way they want to meet with the with the commission. Yep. Um, and How is the commission actually engaging? Do they do it by Skype, by Zoom, or is it always face-to-face? Um from what I, from what I've seen, there has been quite a lot of face to face. They yep. do come to Dunedin, and then yep. Michael will gather everybody up that wants to have a face to face meeting. Yep. I think that's what what happens. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably the best way to do it. Is those I would say it is the best way. To yeah, do it. yeah. Um, yeah. So he will do that, and then um, if people want to press charges, he will support them through going to police. Um, um, also, ACC getting um, doing sensitive claims. So, right now, sensitive claims is where you've been psychologically, no, sexually, sexually. Yep. Right. So, how does ACC come into that loop there? So they, um, because it's a permanent injury, mm-hmm. um, they will do an assessment, um, and they will work out your impairment um this is from actually my own experience so i guess why i'm why i do the work that i do is because i'm a survivor of sexual abuse right so i have that real empathy um and i've just ended up working with men which is it's it's well you have an amazing (laughs) um role to play because you are a a survivor but you're a, a female survivor yeah and that will take me into another line of questioning, which I'm sure the, the <laughs> listeners will want to know about, and that is, where did you get your help from? But let's just yes. at the moment. Sorry, so back to ACC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. basically um, you get an assessment. You, they work out your impairment, um, and then they will pay for counselling for you. Um, and you can also get a lump sum payment. And I don't know... Don't know how that works now because it was a long time ago since mm. I did my claim, mm. but I I have a lifelong claim now because my um, I have a lifelong payment from from mm. my abuse, mm. um, so you know that can be helpful to some people that they at least get free counselling, mm. um, yeah, and and lump sum payments, <laughs> handy can be handy, yes, yeah, of course it can. Um, I mean, obviously, sometimes just to get a roof over your head exactly. is, is, is hugely important for people who have been abused where yeah. their life never seemed to get on track again. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the obstacles get thrown up that uh, push you backwards. Yes. Um, 
rather than just stop you in your tracks. They push you backwards yeah. too. Um, so that's one side of it. Now, that's the helping with the commission. Yes. Now, so you talked about peer support. Yes. What, how does that work? Um, so that's so that's just pretty much supporting someone at literally anything they need to do, like um, advocacy. We do a lot of advocacy, and I do a bit of that, which I really enjoy. So actually, um, you know, going to appointments with people. Yes. Um, people that don't have the confidence. Yes. Um, to Perhaps people aren't that literate either yep. to fill out forms. Exactly. So we yep. do, we do, we help with everything. Yes. Um, and, you know, with budgeting and food and clothing and just anything that that a man needs mm-hmm. um, will support him. Tell me, is all the funding that male survivors of abuse uh, that you get all from the government or do you have to scrape for money? No, um, as far as I don't know much about that side of things, but it's all government funded. From, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. Um, do you need stage. any volunteers to help the work that you yes, do? Yes, we always need volunteers. We only, well, we have two at the moment, but um, we, we would always love um, volunteers. And, and what volunteers would you like to see coming along and what would their role be? Um, so we are hoping to start a shelter for people, like a day shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, so because we've identified that there is a need in, in Dunedin, um, particularly South Dunedin, um, where people yeah need a bit more support and they need a meal and you know someone to even just to talk to. Yes. Um. So a volunteer, yeah, someone that I guess is empathetic and mm. kind and caring and just really wants to to help those in the community. So anyone mm. that's, yeah, I mean that's a little way down the track, but that's what mm. that's what we really hope to do. And when I I had. What came to my mind when you talked about peer support, I wondered if you had small men's groups oh, yes. where they were introduced to yeah, other yeah. survivors. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And how's that working? Um, how, so how, how is it all set up? I don't think Michael hasn't held any for a little while, but he's definitely wanting to start them back up because um, we hadn't really advertised our services up until – very recently. Um, so we're getting a lot more clients now. Well, now's your chance. Yes. This is an Male Survivors Otago. <laughs> Come and see us. Yes. Um, so, because I think that's such a such a good way to, to connect with other people mm. that know what you've been through. Mm. It's like amazing. Yes. So healing and, and so good. So, um, And to def- see other people in the flesh yeah. and know that they understand. Yeah. Because it's so isolating when you're in it and you know when you're living with it this is what i said on my own program when i was talking about it myself is that this abuse that you've suffered is not a dinner table conversation it's not a barbecue conversation no it's not standing around the coffee machine at work (laughs) conversation this is a conversation you usually have with what i call strangers yeah not family and my own experience is the family have no idea how to respond when you break the news to them anyway. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They're at a loss. Yeah. They I, don't know yeah. what to do, what to say, mm-hmm. and there's a sort of awkward silence because um, it's so out of their own comfort. understanding and yeah. comfort zone that they don't know what to say. And I've just said, if you are in that place, tell the person that you love them, tell them that you're so pleased that they've 
told yeah. you this and that you fully support them. Yeah. And uh, give them a hug. Give yeah. them lots of hugs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and do not make them feel awkward about it, but encourage them and, and tell them how brave they are that they've actually raised it. Yeah, And absolutely. because that, I think, is so important. Don't feel that you have to have the right words to say to somebody who has survived abuse because yeah. quite often there aren't the right words. No. So you've got the peer support yes. groups. You're hoping to restart them. Yes. And yeah, I, I would have thought that they're a pretty important part of coming together with like-minded people. Yeah, absolutely. And as we as we grow... And um, right. take on more people. Now, you touch very briefly, but it's hugely important that you're also a survivor. Yeah. And somehow along the line you found help. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Um, Is there a similar organisation that was um, around when? No. Um, really just counselling and talking about it. Do women do it differently? Men? I know this I is know. perhaps not a smart um, question. I think, but I men think are supposed to sort of I know, cover it up and, yeah. and not be. I think there is a stigma mm. for men. Mm. Absolutely, mm. I think there is. Um, yeah, I I think I was about twenty one. Like I knew, I obviously always knew, mm. um, but I didn't really start dealing with it until mm. I was about twenty one. Because um, I never told my parents. I yeah. never told my family. No. Did you never? Never, and they, my my parents are dead. Yeah, so, so they, they never, never knew. They never knew. Oh, no. Shivers, yeah. Um, it's really it's it's hard. So we um, with me, like there was a court case and things when I was little. Okay. So it was always out, out there. there. Yes. Yeah, always yeah. very very out there. Mm. Um, and I think I've just talked. Yeah, I've just been very good at talking about it. Mm. Just saying this Do you is, get practiced at talking about I it, do you so. think? <laughs> I yes. Think so I know I don't know if I dissociate, yeah. but oh, maybe You're talking I do. about somebody else in yeah. a sense. Yeah, that's that how I kind of feel. That other person that yeah. is no longer you. Yeah, like that little kid. Yes, yeah. that little kid Yeah. Um, that somebody else would love to say, Yeah. I'm going to love that little kid. Yes. Yes? Yes. Even if you can't, I'm going to love that little kid that yeah. you were. Yeah, because yeah. that's so that wee kid is just it's so sad. It's so broken. It's look to heartbreaking. me. Children are the most precious thing. Yeah, the most precious thing. And I have to say this to you, and you may think I'm really weird, and the listeners will, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure, feel I'm very weird. <laughs> but whenever I see a child and a parent interacting, or a child and two parents interacting, yeah. with love. I can't help myself but go up to the parents and say, this child is very blessed to have you as parents. And they look at me astounded. But I mean it. No. Because not enough parents are actually told that what they're doing and the way they're doing it will impact on that child's life forever. Yeah. And when I, I, I've said it in swimming pools where a parent is helping a child and I can see the love there and I can see the support and I can see the way the child is responding. And sometimes I've said to the child, you know, you're very lucky to have this mum and dad. I know. And they look at me <laughs> like this. And I think the parents need to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you take for granted that, that all parents are like that. All parents are. Yeah. Are loving and yes. non-abusive and yes. protective, and that's just not the case. No, it's and I have actually been thanked. But a man looked at me and said, "Oh, 
Thanks, mate. That's actually really nice, and you never, ever hear that. Well, I do it. I can't help myself, and I know that um, I take people in a way they're a bit shocked Mm. to get this message, but I hope they understand how important it is, I think, that their child is blessed to have loving parents. They they really are. Yeah. It's, it's creating who they are for yes. the rest of their lives. Yes. And, yep. and that child will be, in many ways, um, a citizen that is able to make change yep. in, in the community, do good things themselves, you know. Yeah. So, excuse me if you're one of those parents. <laughs> I surprised you by coming up behind you and said, gee, your child's lucky to have you. Um, anyway, so. Well, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, it is taken for granted that some, that all parents are just loving and protective. Well, I'm afraid I see the other side of it when parents are not nice to their children mm. and it grieves me mm-hmm. hugely. And then I don't interfere. I've only interfered once. Yeah. When a child was being terrified in the swimming pool and was screaming and was obviously miserable. And in the end, I couldn't help myself. And I went to see the father and I said, do you know that you are making your child terrified of water and it will never enjoy swimming ever in its life? Yeah. And swimming should be fun. And this parent <laughs> looked at me and picked the child out of the water and huh. walked away. So, well, hopefully thought about it. Hopefully thought about yeah, it. Yeah, hopefully it played on his mind. I hope so. Yeah. But um, – one day I'm sure I'll get my nose punched. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to say it sometimes. You've got to stand up and, and be punched in the nose. Children. I hate watching children being Yeah, that's my one, you know, and probably because of our backgrounds as yes. kids being abused. It's just yes. my no. I mean, most people, are, you know, yeah. don't tolerate it. But for, you no. Know, no, no, no. Uh, I've, I've seen little four-year-olds being told their attitude is wrong, you know, and I think, God. Stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah. You know, if the behavior of a child is, is irritating you, talk about that specific behavior. Don't, ch- turn, turn a, don't tell a child its attitude is wrong. Yeah. It has no idea what you're saying, but it will make something of that that yeah. will grow and grow inside its mind. Yeah. That will damage it. Yeah. All right. Amy, you're a blessing. <laughs> on this world. So are you. And <laughs> I'm so pleased that you said yes to coming into this studio yeah, to be I'm interviewed honest. and um, my wishes go with you for the work that you're doing and the people that you help and I do help that hope that male survivors of abuse is supported by the community who now know more about the work you're doing and are able perhaps to recommend that somebody come to mm-hmm. see you. And yep. that would be a gain that this radio broadcast has achieved. Yeah. Yes? Yep. So I'd love to see Thank anybody. you so much for coming and sharing with me the work that you do, but also part of your life, which is a really brave thing to do on air and to express some of the hurt that you felt as a child. and how you've got through it and the empathy that you have gained from that. Yeah, exactly, because I may not be doing what I'm doing now. No. And good luck to other projects. Yes, thank you. Good luck to other (laughs) investigative journalism (laughs) that you suddenly decide you're going to tear into. Yes. And um, I have a... I have a subject matter, but I'll raise it with you. Oh, excellent. Let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Dear listeners, this is Malcolm Angus signing off with Amy, who might like to say goodbye.
Oh, yes, thank you for having me. And, um, yes, any male that's suffered any form of abuse, come and see us at Male Survivors Otago. Thank you. Um, this is the Outrageous Show on 105.4 FM on OAR. Thank you for listening once again. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.